Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to At Least We're Trying, the self-help and advice podcast helping you on your personal journey of understanding yourself and navigating through the various aspects of life, all while telling some fun stories and cracking some jokes that at least I find funny. I am your host, Mackenzie Smith. In the last episode, I said 6% of women receive more education than men. But I meant to say, women receive more education than men by an average of 6%. I was listening to the last episode and noticed my error in wording. So I just wanted to clear it up. I'm very adamant on making sure my words come out as close as possible to how I want them to. This habit of mine usually helps ensuring I don't upset or confuse others most of the time. I do still confuse people a lot because half of my jokes are me quoting outdated memes and the other half is undetectable sarcasm. But I seem to care a lot about what other people think. I've told myself in the past that I'm an independent woman who holds her own. But I've realized, especially because of my correction of five words, that I care a lot about other people and their perceptions of me. To the point where I can't confidently say that I'm an honest person just yet. All of my concerns about other people's feelings and actions have made me change just enough and in the smallest of ways for me to notice and be bothered by it. And the more I talk to and spend time with other people, the more I realize that almost everybody in existence does this. We're pack animals. Since the beginning of the first millennia, 15 bazillion years ago, we have found that there is safety in numbers. We've read and seen on screen how through the centuries and in some groups and communities, somebody gets exiled and is left to fend for themselves because the majority of the group did not deem the individual as worthy of staying. And so even though we're in the 21st century now, and being rejected from one group is no longer a death sentence, nor does it mean that you'll be alone forever, everyone still wants to be accepted by most people, if not everybody. That's just human nature. I'm currently working in hyperdrive on becoming more honest in pretty much every aspect of my life, to a healthy extent though. From talking in my real voice when recording, to being refined but not fake, and making sure I can keep the people I love in my life, but not letting them become my life. So regarding talking in my real voice, when I started this podcast, for some reason, as soon as I picked up the microphone, as soon as I hit record, I started talking in some super suave, super cool and awesome radio voice of some sort. I actually got a lot of compliments on it in that was really nice. Thank you, Lynette. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, So I'm going to start talking in my real voice because that radio announcer voice actually really hurt. And being refined but not fake, I like to read environments. I like to have a better idea on what parts of my personality I can keep on the down low or emphasize, depending on who I'm around. If I were to walk into a job interview at some finance firm, I wouldn't dress in my usual jeans, band tees, and loud jewelry. I'd polish myself in a way that reflects the aspect of myself that belongs 
in the professional environment, so I don't feel pressured to mimic everyone already working there. I'd find a way to be authentic, but understand that there's a time and place for certain behaviors. And keeping the people that I love in my life? Well, I always want to do that, but I never want to erase or minimize myself. I'm not going to pretend to be someone I'm not because I think the best way to live is by somebody else's standards. And oh, finding the fine line of giving necessary information without exposing personal privacy. This ties in with being refined and not fake. I can still let a person know that I like cats without unnecessarily going on a spiel, spiel, however you pronounce that, about how my 10-year plan is to become a certified cat lady. Finding the perfect balance of honesty in our lives is no easy feat, but it's important to strive for. So why is honesty so important? We've all heard the term, honesty is the best policy. I honestly grew up with it. The amount of times that I got grilled by my mother as a small child. Oof, man, always heard that term. Honesty is the best policy, Mackenzie. Now you gotta tell me, who ate the last of the chips ahoy? Uh, <laughs> Psychology.wikia.org says being honest about yourself and intentions helps everyone involved avoid a potential crisis. Let's say you're going on a picnic with some friends. And they all decide, oh, we should. We should all make PB&Js. It can be like a PB&J picnic or something. Well, in this scenario, you're allergic to peanut butter. So if you just go along with them, you either have to awkwardly throw your sandwich into the trash while they're not looking, be that rude person who just doesn't eat at all, or risk going into anaphylactic shock. Some situations call for honest opinions and answers, so if you decide not to speak up, you or others could get left out of important situations, and any problems that you have could continue to get ignored. You do not want to miss out on a picnic. And you also don't want to go into anaphylactic shock, so speak up. <laughs> Honesty greatly affects our everyday lives and practices, whether we realize it or not. We all want to be loved and appreciated and seen as important by others. And that's how humans have always been. We love and thrive off of approval from others. And sometimes we get carried away when pursuing that. We sometimes let our definition of honesty become flexible and begin exaggerating aspects of ourselves and the information we know. And sometimes certain things can become completely different than they once were. And it can be our personal opinions and biases that alter our view of the world and the truth. So something we perceive as the truth may not actually be the truth. Like, for example, just because you think pineapple doesn't belong on pizza doesn't mean you're right. This 100% is a big part of the world's societies on a macro scale. My favorite quote from the Psychology Wikia article is that Cultures and ideologies teach and require dishonesty by giving preconceptions of what is good, bad, true, and false, and then by requiring support based on faith and loyalty while discouraging unbiased examination. So basically what that means is sometimes we are unaware of and ignore truths, or at least focus on what the majority or the environments of our upbringings claim is true, 
without doing our own research and forming our own perspectives. This doesn't make us bad people, though. It just goes to show that even with honesty being held in such high regard, we sometimes let the truth slip away, whether that be in a societal belief or in our personal exaggerations. And perhaps, maybe, just maybe, it'll get to the point where you become known as the girl who performed at sold-out shows and got a bunch of free stuff afterwards, when in reality, you were just singing at an open mic in a much too small cafe, and afterwards, your friends gave you their unwanted half-eaten slice of carrot cake. Not speaking from experience. So, how can we be honest in our daily lives? And how can we navigate honesty safely? If you're like me, you may now be thinking, hmm, maybe I should be honest 100% of the time with 100% of people. No, please, please don't do that. While we may all want to be genuine people, we must learn the difference between honesty and oversharing, aka infobombing. I see this a lot when people get excited to talk about themselves, their passions, or their past. They get so excited that they just let whatever information that wants to come out, come out. Marissa, I'm so happy you met the love of your life and you're getting married, but I don't want to run down about how your ex Jared pawned your car to get an Xbox. I've only known you 10 minutes and I'm quite frankly very uncomfortable with the energy you've created at this post office. Info bombing comes off as a red flag to many people. It makes you come off as less trustworthy with sensitive information, as clingy and overbearing. Now, let me make it clear. I am not insulting any of you. If you notice that you do some of these things, don't panic about being about not being a good person. The good and bad binary is honestly so problematic, but I will discuss it more in the next episode. If you tell people information about yourself or your family or friends or even enemies that they have no business knowing, then those people know that they cannot count on you to keep things confidential. You could lose partners, friends, and most definitely that job in the FBI I know a couple of you are really wanting. This bombardment of information is a major deterrent in relationships. You expel so much information that your partner, whether you've been together for decades or it's first date, cannot handle the emotions and intimate details of your life to the point where they feel weighed down and suffocated. You could also end up saying something that really hurts their feelings. Licensed marriage and family therapist Linda Carroll wrote a Mind Body Green relationship article on oversharing and said that we we disrespect and invade our own and others' boundaries when we overshare. In relationships, we are individuals who come together to form a team. We aren't clones, clones of each other. We're our own people. We have our own thoughts and emotions. When oversharing happens, the the line of autonomy gets erased a bit. And as I see it, the relationship can potentially become toxic because one person or everyone involved in the relationship just erases the other's sense of self and they could become codependent. And, of course, overbearing. Some people just don't care to know anything more about us than our names and would get very annoyed if we came even close to hinting at what our favorite color is. Now let's get into how we can be honest and in what ways. Now this one, this first topic, ooh, it is a big one for me. 
how we physically present ourselves to the world. The clothes and makeup we wear. I, I have had days where I have spent far too long doing my hair, my makeup, and changing outfits because I was so concerned with making people think I was pretty and trying to get them to be nicer to me. And the entire time, I felt like I was crawling underneath my own skin, like I couldn't get out of it. When I was about 19, I, I just had enough. I kept getting upset that people weren't seeing me the way I wanted them to. And I just never felt comfortable in my own skin. So, I started dressing in whatever clothes made sense for me to wear, even if it was 50 degrees outside and I was wearing shorts. Yeah, I ended up getting a lot of weird looks from other people. Especially if I was wearing half a dozen necklaces. Necklaces? 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 Eh. You know what I mean. But I felt content and free for the first time in such a long time. There was so much peace in doing simple things for myself like that. Now, I didn't immediately change my style completely. I took small steps. Over the span of a couple months, I'd sprinkle in some accessories I liked. Then I changed my hairstyle and gave up makeup. Then I moved on to my clothes. Next is how we walk, dance, sing, or talk, if at all. If you feel even a tiny bit embarrassed about how you look while dancing to your favorite song, if you missed all the notes when singing along to the radio, or if your voice is squeaky or really deep, Stop it. Expressing yourself and finding joy in harmless ways like that is nothing to be ashamed of in any capacity. If people make comments or do something that makes you feel bad, well, that's just because they don't understand human nature and capabilities. No one can dance perfectly on beat to every song that plays. No one can sing every note perfectly. Nobody has a steady voice all the time, and it's unrealistic to think otherwise. Even professional dancers slip and look goofy while dancing sometimes. I've been an avid talker and singer for my entire life, and my voice has cracked so many times when recording these episodes, I've had to pause and laugh for like 10 minutes because of it. Don't force yourself to stand still or be quiet when your favorite song comes on. If you walk with a limp for any reason, let yourself walk with a limp. Nobody has the right to tell you that it's anything less than okay. All right, time to move on to hiding frowns, smiles, emotions, and other reactions. If your best friend spends six hours cooking a meal for you that you end up not liking, I don't recommend you let the disgust show on your face. But if you're watching a film you like, go ahead and smile like an idiot for the whole duration. Unless it's The Exorcist, then I will kindly ask you to never be friends with me again. (laughs) If someone makes a joke you do not find funny in the slightest, you don't have to smile or laugh. This leads me to my next point. Sometimes we pretend we're not bothered by something, even though we really are. We decide to grin and bear it, accept it, ignore it, or say, it is what it is. That's toxic positivity. We decide to slap a smile on our faces instead of letting ourselves grimace or frown or cry, even if it's totally appropriate to express our feelings in those ways, in whatever situation we're in. 
Samara Quintero and Jamie Long from thepsychologygroup.com wrote an article on the negative effects of toxic positivity within ourselves and our relationships. They explain how suppressing our emotions and and reactions leads to shame and stress over feeling those things, and this can cause us to isolate ourselves from others on a physical or emotional level. When you try to act as if you're unbothered, you're ironically bothering yourself even more. Quintero and Long address this in their article that putting up a facade increases stress levels in the body and decreases our ability to regulate our stress responses. So while you may appear calm and collected during work, you could have more difficulty controlling your negative emotions once you're out of that stressful environment. And hiding our emotions can sometimes prevent us from connecting with others. Our relationships could end up strained because we or other people don't communicate needs and wants. Because we're not allowing ourselves to truly feel, we become unable to hold space for the for our loved one's emotions. So we're only able to keep relationships on the surface level. And that gets lonely. Plus, you'll experience emotional burnout. This is a prime example of disrespecting our own boundaries. We have our limits and we have to respect them. Hiding your feelings, letting people walk all over you, and ignoring yourself to make space for others are all pretty common things people do. We decided to become peacekeepers that avoid uncomfortable situations rather than peacemakers who sit with those inner or outer issues, push through and dismantle them, and come out the other side with, well, peace. You can stand up for yourself and make your boundaries know by first just speaking up. If confrontation isn't easy for you, then... You can start by focusing on non-verbal honesty, like not laughing at certain jokes, respectfully removing yourself from an environment when someone comments comments negatively on your appearance, or declining to spend time with a person. That's a good start. If confrontation is easy for you, tell people, hey, I don't have the energy to listen to you talk about that right now, or I would appreciate it if you left me alone, or... I don't like you. You're being rude. Please don't speak to me. That's sure to hit the nail on the head. But being honest with others can be pretty difficult, especially if we're not being honest with ourselves. Reality can hurt and be confusing. So we sometimes lie to ourselves to make sense of our lives and or make ourselves feel better. That's what Sue Schellenbarger wrote in a Wall Street Journal article on self-deception. Although self-deception has been found to increase confidence and success in many people, it has also been found to be counterproductive. If a person lies to themselves about their current financial situations and claims that they're doing fine and living lavishly, they may be more inclined to spend their income frivolously and wind up with more debt than they previously had. I recommend... From personal experience, to be aware of your body and mind, so you can learn what feels genuine. I write down my observations, like when I'm making plans with someone. If they suggest something that makes me feel the tiniest bit of dread or the tiniest bit of excitement, I'll write it down and leave the note where I am guaranteed to notice and interact with it again, so that when I have time, I can find the note and ask myself why I felt the way I did therefore gaining a better understanding of what I like and dislike 
and adjust my life accordingly. I've learned that I don't like horror films, so I don't watch them anymore. I'm not a very quiet person, so I make sure to sing as much as possible on my way to an event where I have to be quiet, because I can get it all out of my system beforehand. And I'm not always confident about how I look, so I remind myself that although there's not always something to love about my body, there's always something to appreciate. Like, I can do a handstand. That is awesome. (laughs) Not to brag. It's hard finally being honest with yourself about who you are and what you want. It does get easier, though. And over time, you might not even have to think about being honest with yourself because you finally just are. I want to give some advice on finding the middle ground of being open and secretive. You may feel inspired to say nothing but the truth from now on, and me and your lawyer strongly advise against that. Or you want to keep everything to yourself and not say a word. Me and your doctor strongly advise against that too. So hopefully you can all figure out a way to be somewhere in the middle. I've lived on both ends of the honesty spectrum. Growing up, I didn't have a filter for the most part, and like many kids, I would say whatever came to my mind, even if it didn't make sense or it wasn't necessary. And once I got older, I realized that some of the negative effects of that could be. So I decided to avoid risking hurting people's feelings, confusing them, or revealing too much about myself by becoming very private and adjusting how I presented myself to others, becoming as secretive, undisclosed, recondite, cabalistic as humanly possible. Why, yes, I have been reading through my thesaurus lately. How did you know? Everyone changes themselves a little bit depending on who's around, like I mentioned in the first episode. But sometimes those changes are taken to the extent to which a person is no longer even a version of themselves, but rather somebody else completely. We see this a lot during adolescence and in secondary or high school, where somebody you know just starts acting completely different. They pretend to like things they previously hated or vice versa, just so they can be more accepted by certain people. They, for some reason, just hide away their authentic self. We can find a balance, though, between honesty and privacy by being aware of the people and environments around us as well as our personal feelings. Before you say something, ask yourself, could these words make other people uncomfortable or angry? Could I end up regretting giving this information? How would I feel if somebody said this to me? And etc. If you think or know that you may have to apologize for saying something, just don't say it to begin with. Take time to feel when it's appropriate to talk about certain things with certain people. Listen to your intuition and see when it feels right for you to talk about something. Get to know yourself and the people around you and what boundaries there are. When you become aware of the parameters to follow, you can explore the freedom you have within them and you can can cultivate some amazing experiences and relationships with yourself and others. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I release new episodes every other week but you can always find me on Instagram at mfromtheburbs. 
please feel free to send me any questions you have. I'd be more than happy to answer them on this podcast. Until next time, I wish you all the best, and I hope you have a lovely week.